Pronounce your name correctly for me. <laughs> Johanna Kromik. And you're from? Originally from Poland. I grew up in Germany. And you're now in Vienna. I'm now based in Vienna, correct. So I looked a little bit through your history and I noticed you worked with some galleries in Germany and I didn't notice anywhere else really, but in I think you were somewhere else. In the States. Yes. Okay. And you've now come to run Vienna Contemporary Art Fair. Mm-hmm. Is that what the, that, that's the proper title for it? Vienna Contemporary Just Art? Vienna Contemporary. Just Vienna Contemporary. Yes. All right. So the, the big questions with you is like about art fairs, obviously, because you, cause you're also new to this. You just started here in January of mm-hmm. this year. So you're almost at your one year anniversary. Which I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> good, good. Excellent. Um, so I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like art fairs, why have they become so important in the arts world like there was a time when i remember art fairs not being so important and now they're incredibly important why why (laughs) (laughs) like what what happened what was the transition what what made them so important i mean not not only are they so important but they're everywhere there are like 300 art fairs all over the world Yeah, they are indeed. Uh, There is quite a big number of art fairs out there. (laughs) And I think there there are a few reasons uh, for that, for that kind of growth uh, in number of, uh, well, of of the art fairs. First of all, um, the art market or the art, visual arts community community grew. Um, So, uh, of course, the number of galleries uh, grew, and I think that as a platform, art fairs are very good in terms of well visibility, in, in terms of sales, in terms of marketing. And then at the same time, I believe that number of galleries is also not located in, say, um, the hotspots like uh, or the typical hotspots like New York, Paris, Berlin, or London. There are a lot of galleries which are very, very interesting, which are for us very interesting in particular in Belgrade or in Warsaw or maybe in Marseille. And so for these galleries, of course, art fairs um, are crucial in terms of sales and also in terms of uh, creating a general audience, also meeting uh, many different art experts um, in one place at the same time. So... Well, and that's the thing I keep running into is the idea that the sort of the art world is becoming more global. It's more well connected. People are knowing people at farther distances away, basically. But it also feels like there's a sort of a mixed bag on that because every now and then I run into people that say, oh, but, but it's actually very regional in many ways, but yet global in other ways. So like, what role does the art fair have in that sort of whole thing? Is it is it a pro, a con, a good, a bad thing? Like, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always, I mean, art fairs, uh, some, some love it or some see it as a necessity, but at the same time hate it because uh, in terms of, well, just when we look at the numbers, there are so many art fairs out there, but I mm. think that uh, they are substantial um, for, for the art market and for the galleries in particular. And when you look at our 
art fair, the Vienna Contemporary, which is a very good example of a regional fair. Which, it hasn't existed for too long in the grand scheme of art fairs. How long has Vienna Contemporary existed? Vienna Contemporary in its form, in this form, for about eight years. So that was the eighth edition. Before that, it was called Vienna Fair. It also had uh, another, belonged to another company. Uh, but Vienna Contemporary itself, in this form, we're going to run the ninth edition next year in 2020. Which actually lends back to a question that I always had. Years ago, I did the Toronto Art Fair. And we, as a gallery, I was working for a gallery. I was managing a gallery. And we were always sort of very uh, irritated by the fact that there was like this really poorly run, poorly organized organization that was basically putting on the art fair. But they didn't know anything about art. They didn't know anything about artists. They didn't know anything about the needs of artists or artworks or galleries. And anything. So it was, it was a, at a time when... Basically, like, event coordinator who knew nothing about the arts was basically said, hey, we can make money off of an art fair by just throwing an art fair. So they threw an art fair. Um, But you're different than that. I mean, the the, the industry has changed from that. That that is not tolerated anymore. Like, whoever runs an art fair has to actually know something about art. I think in these times in particular, yes, I would, I would think so. But uh, it's not that bad, you know, to know something about, well, marketing and also event uh, managing and so forth. It can have advantages, I believe. But particularly, well, <laughs> yes. But particularly, um, now when you look at the art market, you also have to be uh, familiar with, um, you know, the substantial, um, not only with backgrounds, but also with uh, the, the the topics and also challenges we are facing at the moment. And so I think um, that it's, uh, yeah, it's advantageous. What too. challenges? The challenges. Well, we are talking about, well, as you know, uh, about the mid-sized market and young gallery squeeze, which is one of the challenges we are facing. Then, of course, collectors, young collectors, how do we connect to them and uh, how can we Get how, them do you, how do you have involved. to create them really yeah like they i mean many of them i mean i know people in that age group and they just they don't think of it naturally somehow it has to be either instilled in them from their family or some friend or whatever but it, it's tough to create those new collectors do you think so i well i, th- I think that the, well that, i mean that, it's funny it goes back to a nature versus nurture concept that i always am wondering about like are people naturally interested in arts or are they sort of taught to be interested in the arts? Like, so like, was it, were you born into it? Like my father's a painter, my mother's an interior designer. So like kind of was born into it. My, but whereas my brother has no interest in the arts whatsoever. So then it's like, but is it nature versus, you know, is it how we were raised and the experiences we had, or was it just something inherent? So, The idea would be that, yeah, I think the younger collectors are, they need to be sort of led to the water, I guess. Like, In some ways, yes, but I also feel that um, particularly in the, for the past uh, 10 years, visual arts opened up or it became part of popular culture in a sense, via particularly via social media. And uh, yes, I need to caveat this with, I just arrived in Vienna 20 minutes ago, so I know nothing about the market here. So I'm talking from my own experiences, which obviously are very different than here. <laughs> so, I mean, seriously, so educate me on the market here. So, so are young collectors are of big importance? 
Young collectors, I mean, there are a few young collectors, but just as I think in every other city, I think it's also a global topic, not only um, Viennese-based uh, or specialized that, that there are young collectors, but you have to um, get to them or just as you said, also nurture them. So this is also uh, one thing uh, we will tackle by, well, as an art fair, you know, we exist or are visible for only four days uh, a year. But we're, the whole team or part of the team is still here based in uh, Vienna and we work on this fair throughout the year. And so that means we can also be a partner, a collaborator throughout the year. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, that we will try to create events Uh, or create other opportunities uh, to get to those people and to connect to those um, people. But don't ask me any specifics now because we are like in the middle of, of planning and brainstorming. I and was just important. about to ask you some specific <laughs> examples of what it is you do away from. The, it's fine. So you're, but you said something about like mid and entry level galleries as well. So the the majority of the market here that it participates in your event, so I shouldn't even say everything here, but the ones that participate in your event are generally sort of in, on the entry level and mid-level gallery line. I don't know what to call it. Well, you have these um, established galleries, uh, which are at the same time more like a family uh, business, uh, like uh, Ursula Krenzinger, Krenzinger Projekt, uh, Rosemarie Schwarzwälder with uh, Nick St. Stefan, uh, Karim uh, Gallery, and on and on. So these are galleries uh, which have been around for a few decades and also participate in all the very, very important international art fairs. Um, and at the same time, you have these very young galleries which uh, popped up uh, about or started popping up about five years ago, I would say. So you have a very interesting combination at the moment, very creative and very important momentum for the whole city and in particular, of course, for the art scene. So we have a future <laughs> in, that, in that sense, which is crucial for the contemporary art scene here with also at the same time all the off spaces and, and stuff like that. But coming back to Vienna Contemporary, yes, I mean, uh, we have one, two, three real, you know, blue chip galleries, uh, what you call them uh, these days uh, at the fair, but basically our core clientele are the mid-sized galleries and the young galleries. And so we work for them to really uh, create the perfect platform, the perfect you know, backdrop for them to, to work. Well, and that's something I run into is like the, some people joke like when you go to an art fair, they all look like every other art fair. So it's like, it's like what, what are some things that you do that are somehow unique or, or some things you plan on doing in the future that are mm -hmm. somehow unique that sort of will make the, the Vienna Contemporary sort of stand out from all the others? Well, first of all, Vienna Contemporary really stands out because it has this uh, focus on Central and Eastern Europe. So um, we have about 100, 110 galleries each year. One third um, approximately comes from Austria, one third is international, one third from Central and Eastern Europe. At the same time, we uh, have a focus section with a focus region or focus country, which reflects this idea and goes even deeper. And then in our, part, you know, in our special categories, 
we also try to balance, you know, 50-50% uh, from that region and international. So this is an asset and a, uh, one of our main characteristics, I believe, uh, which really clearly stands out. And I think that people in the art world, or many people, also museum directors, uh, really appreciate um, this fact. And in combination with the city of Vienna, which is a very, very nice city. And as we know, the most livable city <laughs> in the world. Is it what, that's what it's been yeah. recently been said? Yeah. Yes, okay. it's, I think, for the 10th time. Oh, wow, <laughs> okay. And so on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the 10th time. But, but it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a, of course, uh, it creates a momentum or it's a package uh, which is uh, very attractive and uh, which is key and very important for us and for the galleries uh, with uh, whom we are working with. Have you seen an increase in, um, it's bad, like, cause man, I'm looking, I'm always looking at things naturally as an artist. So I'm looking mm. at like the quality of the work. Uh, is the work better, which is a horrible word I know, but like, is the are the galleries bringing more interesting more dynamic works and like are prices going up or are they stagnating like do you even pay attention to the prices or is that, that's irrelevant to you yes you it is. yes well i used to work for galleries so okay yeah. <laughs> it is important it is also important for me as a as the artistic director uh, to to get the feel to get an idea you know how much was sold and who sold and uh, because the, at the end of the day, it's it's all about the network, the contacts you bring home, and of course uh, the sales. And so, pricing. I'm interested. Do you know any knowledge of like what medium sells really well? Anything about like subject matters that sell really well? Like any sort of statistics on that? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, this kind of information is not mandatory, but it's it's of course the galleries give it to us on the on the on a very free free will basis, and so we do not have you know this what i'm saying is does not reflect or would not reflect you know this uh, i'm always fascinated by it like because yeah. I, I went to i used to go to art dubai and art abu dhabi and mm -hmm. they would have these like colossal pieces that somehow sold to somebody and i'm mm -hmm. like who has a place to even fit something like yeah, this well, yeah, people. But it's, it's abu dhabi <laughs> and dubai course. of course they have places to fit things but yeah but even still, it's like, you know, what mediums seem to like to me, like young collectors would be works on paper, photographs, sort of inexpensive edition things to get people sort of interested in that. Mm -hmm. And then over the time of their collecting, they'll start, you know, working themselves into paintings and sculptures and things like this. So mm -hmm. like to me, there's sort of a hierarchy of entry to collecting. I, mean, I think it's it's pretty diverse because it also really depends on uh, for a young collector, I believe, um, who is the gallery or who are the artists actually uh, who um, I like or who kind of uh, catch my uh, attention. And then I know uh, a quite young uh, collector here in Vienna who is so much into video, and uh, it's this is exceptional actually. So you don't, <laughs> but he he really. <laughs> Collects, uh, he's collecting a lot of video, and I think that 80 or 90 percent of his of his collection consists of this medium, which is rare, I must say. It's not; it's almost atypical, but still, I think it's a it's a very important uh, medium, or it should be also uh, reflected. And so, in the past edition, we. Um, launched this new video section, which is curated by Atelier Fattori Franchini, a very, very wonderful 
curator based here in uh, Vienna to um, create a different kind of accessibility. And at the same time, when you're talking about editions, we launched <laughs> a new a new section with that as well because I think that a lot of people who are also visitors at the fair, even though it's a fair and even though we're from you know the art art world, um, it's very clear to us that you go there, you can buy. And you can, of course, talk to the galleries and also artists uh, which, uh, who are there. But for some visitors, it might not seem that clear. And editions uh, can be one means to uh, lower the threshold and, uh, yes, the and bring something entry. home, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is not necessarily that expensive. But saying that, I think that also at our fair, you can find, and there are different ways um, that we can find, a lot of works, not necessarily editions, but really originals, also paintings, also drawings, um, photography, which uh, have a reasonable price, uh, I think. All right. Yeah. So what's the what's the future of, well, in this case, obviously Vienna Contemporary, but like, what do you see for sort of the future of art fairs as a whole? Like, how are they going to continue to build this momentum of new collectors, new generations of things? Like, what are some things that we should be looking for on the horizon? Uh, well, I think that uh, art fairs will still be important in terms of being a platform and bringing all these uh, different uh, people and really together in uh, one place. And uh, when I'm speaking um, about our characteristic Central Eastern Europe, I know that the possibly or in some countries or in some regions, cities are not that many collectors. So if they come here, they come go to an art fair, there are the collectors, there are the museum directors, the international uh, museum directors and, and so on to uh, meet at the fair. So it's still an art fair is a good, well, it's a good backdrop to, to work on your network, actually. And besides that, I think that art fairs can be a partner beyond that and i think that uh, to sustain to make art fairs sustainable we need to dig into that a little bit deeper i'm always interested in like how people become in the creative fields let's say so whatever industry what part of the industry they work in whether they're practitioners or you know organizers whatever they want to be so they did you were you brought up by creative parents not at all <laughs> so how did you come to the creative industries i think it, it was really clearly uh my teacher at school and my friends actually as a professor i'll take that that's good yeah, I like I'm pretty. I'm, <laughs> of course, you should. I mean, <laughs> I can I, I can only say yeah. <laughs> there was it was very very important uh, for me because uh, that teacher well, he opened up uh, doors and perspectives and and a completely different horizon. And my family, my mother, uh, well, she's a nurse, and my father also has nothing to do whatsoever with the with art or visual arts. He he just like to read or likes reading still but beyond that nothing and so for me it was uh, so important um, to have a chance to to yeah, get creative become creative I also thought about becoming an artist but I didn't want to take the risk and uh, it is a big risk 
It is a big risk, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, well, it's interesting. I've had this conversation recently. Like, I graduated from art school back in, I think it was like 1999, something like this, my master's degree. And the, the kids who are coming out now, because like I just talked to some kid who just recently graduated in 2018, the potential opportunities and career paths for them have changed dramatically. Like when I walked out of school 20 years ago, the teaching was a very good, reputable, uh, honorable way to make a living so that you could then could have free time and money to do your art. Mm-hmm. That's not true anymore. The, the, the teaching industry is sort of being destroyed by adjuncts and lack of tenure and all kinds of stuff. It's being whittled away and they're taking mm-hmm. away all of our health benefits. This is in the United States and et cetera. Et cetera. And like, I'm in the Czech Republic and they pay horribly there, like Mm. literally horribly. Like I was shocked when I found out how little they pay teachers Mm. of any medium. So there are very different opportunities. I mean, it it being choosing to go into the creative industries in any shape or form these days seems like a huge risk, like a huge, you have to be very confident and believe in yourself but ride that fine line of not being too arrogant or overly confident about it yeah and i thought also that i was a little bit naive <laughs> at the same time and and i think that it, for me it was important to do something else than my parents i mean we moved to to germany when i was about six years old and um so for my parents it was very important that i have a good education and that i finish school and this and that and uh, maybe also become a doctor or a lawyer. Those typical things. <laughs> Every categories. parent wants those things. <laughs> yes. yes. But that's the thing is like parents want stability and structure mm-hmm. for all their kids. And then kids come up like you and me and we're like, no, I want to do this crazy thing that has no reliability that really doesn't as a outside looking from the outside doesn't really like necessarily make a lot of money. But yeah. you ha- but you enjoy your job. So like, you know, I grew up with the idea of if you enjoy your job, you'd never work a day in your life. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but there's always administrative work and there's always a boss that will make it so that your life is miserable again. But yeah, (laughs) that's on a different page. (laughs) Well, that's my teaching. (laughs) That's the teaching. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to choose to go into the career. So, what, what, how did you? So, you, I saw you, as I said, you went into some gallery works and things like this. How would somebody? So, like, one thing that I found interesting is like, how do you tr- choose or transition from working in galleries to working for an art fair? Pretty easily, I think, because I also have a background with uh, with collectors um, at the same time, and so I think that it's it's a combination of my experience and knowledge, uh, which I can um, reflect in this uh, this art fair. I think that it's uh, it's the perfect combination <laughs> uh, to. Um, no, no, it's it's not the question of of your abilities or knowledge or skills. Yeah. It's a question of like, why would somebody sit, like who's working in a gallery go? art fair that's what i want to be doing like mm-hmm. what 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 is the draw to work for an art fair versus work for a gallery well 
Uh, first of all, you have uh, about 100 galleries to deal with, so not only that sounds one, like a problem. It's, it's <laughs> no, it's a, it's a it's a good challenge. It's a good, okay, okay, good. It's good that you <laughs> it, like that. <laughs> definitely. So it's a lot about you know the dialogue and the exchange you have you have with the with the galleries. And I know that art fairs are still very important uh, for galleries. And so for me, it was a question, of course, of. Uh, how can I guarantee? How can I build? Uh, how? What kind of vision can we have and enforce for this uh, for this art fair for the benefit actually uh, of the galleries and the artists and also other partners uh, we are cooperating with? So what was so interesting for me was uh, to work with all those different partners and of course. I kind of sell the fair, but um, I, it's a different story when you, you know, do sales uh, at a gallery. Actually, which sort of lends to the question of like, so how are these fairs? Well, I don't care. Okay. Not how are these fairs? How is Vienna Contemporary? How is it funded? Like, so do you get funding from the government? Do you do uh, private sponsors, corporate sponsors? Like, or does it just run on its own income, basically? Well, it's run on, on its own income, and of course, we have an owner, and then we have sponsors. So these are the three uh, main sources, actually, for us. So our owner with the board, uh, then the income uh, we get uh, through selling the square meters mm-hmm. and other services, of course, and our sponsors. But no state funding whatsoever. Really? None. No, see, I Ex- find that surprising. Well, yeah, there, there is. Uh, well, this was the very first year we uh, got money from the city of Vienna for our new project or initiative called Join the Conversation, where, well, we as a fair, we are the... In, uh, we take the took the initiative and we do the program, but it's not only about the fair, but it's about you know the contemporary arts scene here in Vienna and um, the money we received were for was for well making the program and also inviting all these uh, curators from various cities from whom of whom we uh, knew that they were not that familiar with Vienna. So so at the end of the day, when they uh, go home or they went home. They could spread the word and maybe new collaborations and new partnerships uh, would come of that. And uh, it was the premiere this year and it was very successful. So we very much hope that we can move ahead in 2020, make it even a little bigger and receive maybe a little bit more funding. Uh, from the city because I believe that uh, it really is about time and I'm not only talking as the art fair but I think we can also talk or speak for the galleries and also the the young scene uh, in particular. I think there must be more engagement from the city side also from uh, the state side. Uh, because it's it's we have Chile, uh, we have Klimt, and we have the opera, but uh, we have this very exciting um, scene here, and it also must reflect actually. Because uh, if not, then it's it's really a chance and opportunity which might uh, be missed. News to me, yeah, I was going to say news to me. <laughs> no. Like I don't know anything about Vienna's politics and mm. governance and things like this so so there's not a lot of financial whatever support for the arts in 
yes Austria. and yeah well yes and no so so uh, but it's, yeah it's, hard, it's hard because you also have you know uh, this is what the colleagues in, in other countries are complaining about let's be straight with that because some um, the galleries uh, some galleries uh, they can receive funds for going participating in other art fairs which are not in Austria but uh, which are, I don't know, in Basel and so on. Uh, so there is some kind of funding, mm -hmm. uh, but um, I think and this, I think it's totally fair and it's it's okay, but uh, there's not enough, I think. To, it also does not reflect in the story. I've um, never heard a single person in the arts go, you know what, I have plenty of money. I don't need any more money. We're good. Yeah, well, unfortunately. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe I just haven't gotten to talk to them yet. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, it's also not, not only a matter of, of spending money or how, you know, a city or a state spends the money, but it also is it's, it's about how you create a narrative, actually, how you create the narrative in terms of about, well, culture and also about uh, visual arts and if uh, the contemporary part is missing <laughs> I was gonna say I, it's a little odd <laughs> if I think about Vienna I do not think about anything past like 1920s really not this see this is this is so this yeah. should not mean like that but, I mean well I mean nothing personal to Vienna I'm just saying like either I haven't chosen to invest in my time and energy to find out more mm -hmm. or they haven't done a very good job of getting the word out to the rest of the world i don't know well, it's probably shocking. my fault <laughs> I, I don't do enough research I'm, maybe I apologize. it's a melange <laughs> no it's me okay, I'm, it's i swear you. yeah i'm uh, lazy about those kinds of things really so yeah. it's a good thing good thing that you're here actually that you have all these talks coming up well that's the hope i mean uh, the the podcast were uh, I've already done Berlin, I've done mm -hmm. some in Prague, I'm here in Vienna, and then I'm hoping to go to Amsterdam and oh, Helsinki and, and uh, Sweden and a couple other places. The plan is to go to like six more cities every, six cities every year mm -hmm. uh, and do enough recordings to basically do two months so that I only have to go every two months and do recordings. Oh, right, I see. Kind oh. of idea. So like this is, a, I'm coming here, I do 17, 17 is... Uh, eight weeks worth uh, so there you go that's mm -hmm. my, my two months so that I get done in five days mm -hmm. well that's a great idea actually so it reflects really it's it's about well for you based in Prague so naturally it's it's all around Europe no so it's really well actually I mean I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm finding grants uh, mobility grants and, oh, and travel yeah. grants yeah. like in Macau and wow. South Africa oh, and wow. Kenya and Brazil and I'm just like Oh yeah, yeah. I well, want to do that. <laughs> well, well to, because to me, like one of the things that I keep running into is like, so I went to Berlin. I'm from mm. the United States. I lived in the Middle East. I'm now here in Vienna. Even if I ask the same questions to you, I'm going to get different answers. Mm. So, like, while there is a certain amount of globalness to the arts industry, there is a lot of uniqueness to individual regions. Yeah. In far, you know, because like if, I'm sure if I went to Japan and I said like, "Hey, how's business done here?" Like, it's going to be a total different, total different story, story. than, than yeah. anything I get in Europe. Yeah, of course. So. I mean, it's the locality. No, we're also talking about this is something which I think MTV did did wrong in the beginning, um, and then there was uh, Viva coming up, for example, in Germany after because uh, MTV. Well, everybody kind of liked it, but it was not the same like Viva because it also took into account uh, the regional. Uh, components mm. and 
Well, and that's like the thing. Okay, wait. So going into that, so regionality and and exposure and marketing, social media. Mm-hmm. Do you use it? Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm I'm quite uh, quite lazy. <laughs> I'm really quite lazy and a little bit lame. And then I have so much to do. And then I think, oh my god, and now I have to post, and I forgot about it and stuff like that. But I'm so happy, of course, that uh, we have someone in our team dealing, of course, with the Vienna Contemporary account, and it's super important. And I think that also for for galleries and also for artists, it's. it's uh, very very important tool they can use and i would not only say that it's you know it's it's all negative about social media but i think when you use it right or when you find your own language uh, hmm. then you can take advantage um, of it these days it's really hard to find that sort of that right way to use social media i mean of course i'm thinking instagram because i'm a visual person but for even facebook twitter i find useless but the, the, there is a, a sort of, uh, you have to find your own way. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, because there's lots of, uh, I run into this with podcasts too. Like, oh, you need to do Instagram like this. And they try and give you like step-by-step instructions. And it never works. Like, you have to find your own sort of personal corporate, and in your case, voice uh, of using these social media as the way that works best for your needs, not... How somebody else tells you no the other way around i think yeah and because you can just see it actually you know it's like still kind of authentic in that sense (laughs) when you can speak of authenticity yeah i love it how you have to put you you put (laughs) authentic in in quotations authentic like so like authentic is not even authentic it needs air quotes now (laughs) yeah but in a sense that you control or you create uh, this kind of story which somehow gives is a is one profile and it's not a guided um, tour um, through you know your life or your job or whatever it makes a difference I think that it it's somehow um, it's being noticed <laughs> well like you you've brought up the word story and narrative a couple times like this is something literally that I've had discussions with people about and I actually do portfolio reviews also uh, for a website and I'm talking a lot about the, the fact that the the story behind the narrative of that these mm. are becoming exponentially more important now than they were again like 20, 30 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, somebody could just paint an amazing painting, put it up on the wall, and go, "Yeah, I made that. You want to buy it? And it's mm-hmm. done." But now there's th- there's this sort of need th- through this like narrative storytelling authenticity of social media and connectedness that people want to feel even with an art fair. Yeah, and even also the experience at the end of the day because I think that, well, uh, social media can be helpful and I think that the tendency uh, towards, well, a, a very individual experience will still bring us visitors because I think that uh, the tenants here, which I can see, is towards, you know, this kind of exceptional <laughs> experiences in that sense. Uh, everybody longs for that in, in a way to a certain uh, degree. And so I think that this is also kind of a chance for art fairs creating or giving, catering to this idea of uh, experiences or experiences so it's, it's very interesting 
any life experiences that you've had in your career that you could basically give advice to people? Preferably what I look for is some problem you had that you somehow overcame that you're like, yeah, yeah, look out for this problem to somebody else. (laughs) So anybody that wants to work in the, the gallery industry or the art fair industry, any sort of something to uh, that you overcame that you can give advice so that somebody else doesn't fall mm. fall into the same problems mm. sure i mean that you there are a few <laughs> of these challenges i think and i i've been in the industry for quite a while because i i started pretty early on while i was still studying so i think one of the key aspects for me personally is not to become detached from the art itself to stay close to it because once you lost the interest or once you lost the passion I think um, it makes your life or your job kind of miserable. <laughs> and um, this is one of those um, aspects or key moments why I started uh, to work in this field. It, it was really the interest for the arts, uh, not necessarily the money and so on, but really it was this was at the core. And um, sometimes working in a gallery, uh, well, you have daily routine, you have the fairs and this and that, and you might um, feel a little, you know, far away, far off from the art itself, even though it might sound a little schizophrenic, but it's really, really good to stay in touch, particularly talk to a lot of artists and uh, just spend time with them. And so to really enjoy it even further and for a long, long, long time. It's very important. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I often talk about passion. Like yeah, the, it's the passion. if you don't have it, don't stay in this industry because it, otherwise the industry is just going to eat you up. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I can agree. <laughs> All right. Any others? You said you had many. Yeah, but this is at the core. I okay. Think most important. Most, most Got important it. One. All right. My last question that I ask every guest, it's the most difficult question. Oh dear, I have no. Yes. You you have not listened to the podcast, I'm sure. So (laughs) yes, the question is for this podcast, I created a quantifiable goal. So the idea of the podcast is I'm trying to make it so that anybody who listens, if they listen to all the different conversations, that they'll glean little bits of knowledge from all the different people I talk to. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, they will know how to navigate the arts industry better to be more successful for themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I did was I created a quantifiable goal that I'm trying to achieve. And so I'm asking for people to help me achieve this goal, Mm -hmm. which is I would like to get a piece of my artwork in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. What? Again? would like to get a piece of my artwork on exhibition in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. So that's your goal. And you asked me for kind of advice. How can how I, to. How can I uh, you know, theoretically, how can I, because I'm doing this as a proxy for all the people listening. So uh-huh. like, how could I as an artist uh, put my career on the right path to get me to that goal? <laughs> well, you either well you get to know the curator or get to know a, a good gallery for that, and uh, <laughs> be on top of your work. Never give up. That's for sure. Create your uh, network. Uh, be relentless. Be passionate, and just the you know just the same like the way to stick around or stay in the industry. It's uh, network is very key, and of of course what we also talked about really on authenticity in a sense uh, in your work 
um, the network comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because it's really hard to build a network, first of all, but then to maintain that network is also, it takes work. It takes, like I have a friend who lives in Prague, he's British, and he has to fly back to London every three months just to mm -hmm. see the people, go to coffee, say hi, mm -hmm. just to keep reminding them, hey, I'm still here, still making, you know. Yeah. So, like it, it takes a lot of effort that I think most people think is easy to do. It's yeah, that's the point. I think every a lot of people think, oh yeah, all these traveling and stuff like that. It's it looks so fancy, but it, yeah, well, it might be fancy, but at the same, it's work. It really is work, and our business is it has a very personal touch to it. It's personal in that sense that it's good to, yeah, when we are in a dialogue, then it's the best to be in a very personal dialogue when we you know like across the the table and uh, talk to one literally. another. Literally, literally, <laughs> always the key, and um, this. Uh, this is not only a pop-up uh, story, but it's really it's about the constant drive you are also showing. And that's the that's the hardest part I, I find. And maybe this is my own personal, you know, whatever my own self doubt, self confidence, lack of self confidence, whatever. But like, I can make friends really easily. I can have great conversations. It's the maintenance of that over years and building mm -hmm. that that network and that group of people, like the finding of your tribe and then your tri you know, your group then expanding out kind of thing. Like that is the the long term part of that. I find to be the d most difficult part. Mm. I, I think that a gallery can also help a lot because they can take over. <laughs> they can take over a lot of um, those tasks actually and yeah. make your life in that sense that is easier. the dream yeah that is the dream yes. but, but then, ideally I mean, speaking because this is really what uh what i think uh, traditionally uh galleries are there for so that you can you can do your work uh in your studio and uh well the gallery kind of works for you with you on that project on your career on bringing you out there and uh placing uh you i think it's a very the tasks uh, galleries have, it's very uh, responsible. I mean, they have taken on a lot of responsibility in that sense. I think, yeah. I think, yeah. In a, in, a, in a perfect world, I would agree with all that. I mean, I know galleries that don't do all of they that. They don't do that. Yeah, they're such and such, but I, I know a lot. You know. Good, uh, reputable international galleries. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely do things like they that. They grow, actually. It's not, you know, they. It's, it's just the same. I think it's also important for a career in the long term. It's, it's about growing uh, in depth. It's not exponentially in that sense. So it's, it, and it also takes time. You have to deal with that as well. You cannot expect, you know, to have success or be in the moment. Well, you can, but some some make it. But I think that those careers are mm, over mm, quite quickly. Easy. Yeah. yeah, burn bright and blast out. Yeah, I know. I mean, I came to Europe going like, oh, I can't wait to be in Europe. I'm an American. I'm an artist. I'm going to be in Europe. They're going to love me, and like, I'm going to have exhibitions. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives a shit. I mean, well, but it, it's you not, cannot it, uh, it, it's not, expect it automatically. Well, but it, so. it's it's not. That, <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. 
I can well, expect yeah, lots of things, but uh, <laughs> that is true. But, rea- but reality is uh, very different than that. Yeah. But but no. But the reality though is, is that uh, every time you change something dramatic, like you've moved a couple times in your life as well, like you sort of have to, to a certain extent, rebuild your whole career kind of things. Mm-hmm. So like every time you take on a new role somewhere else, like you sort of have to build a new network kind of thing. Man. So like it's always important to bu- keep building that network. You can't. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the global network of course I had already had quite a number of contacts but it's a different story to be in that new position in that new role and um, to also uh, become familiar with like other players and your relationship field. changed to sure. older people you know it used to be that you were the place they went to buy artwork now you're the place they come to to find out about galleries to right. go buy artwork so like the relationship grew and changed and this is this thing that I'm, maybe I'm just bad at it. Maybe I just don't. Yeah, no. it's just my my deficit. Trust That's yourself. You're going to me. <laughs> so, in summation, your advice for getting into the Museum of Modern Art was networking, mm-hmm. keep working, be passionate, be, be passionate, relentless. Uh, That's <laughs> qu- quite a strong word, yeah, relentless. Yeah, but we're true. gonna go with that. It's fine. <laughs> Relentless. Relentless. <laughs> no, no. And then maybe have a gallery, um, which is it's, it's a good thing to have, I think, as a partner by your side. Um, I would advise <laughs> on that. It's the dream. It's everybody's dream. It Every creative person's dream to have a partner that's working on their behalf. Mm-hmm. On and with you. I mean, it's really, it's, it's actually in the, in the ideal case, it's really a partnership, uh, which also, which it's being nourished and fostered, you know, uh, throughout the years and you're going the way you know the, all the way together that's an ideal scenario as we know <laughs> yeah oh yeah no way I've talked to people that they've said um, you know finding the right gallery is like finding the right spouse basically yeah, totally. like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's that intimate of a relationship that mm-hmm. if you've built it you built it well it will actually last your lifetime and yeah. maybe even after yeah that's true I can agree <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you for coming here. <laughs>